This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. This week, we're happy to have Randy LaJoy here in the studio, a future NASCAR Hall of Famer, and he's uh, he's happy to be here. He's been uh, begging me a long time to to get him on the show, and he's here today. So what's going on today, Randy? I think I begged you twice. <laughs> twice. <laughs> Once or twice. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know, you have a good thing, I guess. I mean, a lot of people uh, say this is cool. Uh, you're a cool guy. Your family's great. Uh, been watching you grow up around my boys, and uh, it's you have the same racing heart that I do. Uh, hell, I've been to 175 racetracks, 175. and, and you, you've been to a few yourself. And uh, so, where you're a super fan, I should say, because you, you're very good for the sport, and you, and you do a good job. Now you got a real job too. <laughs> I got two or three different real jobs, I guess. But. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. So, so I think I went to about one twenty-two or one twenty-three this weekend. Went up to Fairbury, okay. Illinois. So, well, a lot of times I might have been working, uh, mm-hmm. but most of the time I went as a fan. Yeah, you know, yeah, I did both because, like, like Fairbury, that's an event. I mean, it's a four or five day event. The city gets involved. You they drive the car to the to, to the bank after the race. I mean, that's cool. Uh, and you know, whether it was the Syracuse Mile. Whether it was Boone Super Nationals, you know, a lot of these places have events that are very good times. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time had by all this weekend at Fairbury and getting to see Kyle Larson come in there too and, and win the thing. Has Amazing. I mean, that, that's a talent that, that uh, you know, this is more Andretti, AJ Foyt stuff right yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, he could, it's amazing and he's good and he's smooth and he makes it look easy. And, and it's not. <laughs> no, by all means, it's not easy. I mean, he's won the, he's won too many to remember off the top of my head. But just to, just oh, to start it off, it's been I fun mean, to watch. Just this year, yes. the Chili Bowl, the Kings Royal. The I started Falls. last year. I started last year during the pandemic. Yeah, you know, I got every app on the TV I can get. I, <laughs> I got two TVs plus my my iPad going, my phone. So my wife gets mad at me every once in a while, but it was fun to watch him. Mm-hmm. Last year, I mean, it was just what what he had. It, it was you know, it's a flashback of reading about AJ Foyt and those guys. I mean, it, they were just. I'm glad I'm watching. I, you know what? My kid kicked his ass a couple years of K and N, right. uh, and so I'm not sure he could in the midget or, or sprint car. Uh, but you know, Kyle had always told me, he said, "Man, Corey's good." Yeah. So okay, that's good. But you know, sometimes the the stuff might not be as good as the other guys. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know we were gonna go there, but yeah, I mean, 2011, Corey won a lot of races over Kyle Larson. Correct. And the K and N stuff. Which and I mean, Kyle won. They, really, they they gave Kyle a championship. I was getting ready to say now. Yeah, Corey they gave him the cha- championship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he did. He uh, he did win the championship, and they took it away from him. What do you remember about <clears> that deal? <throat> oh, it sucked. It was <laughs> just you know, it was a motor I bought from Childress. Mm-hmm. Robert Yates, the, the motor builder for those engines, rebuilt it, dynoed them. They were there in tech for two years with that motor. And then all of a sudden, it's no good. The carburetor. It had a part in the carburetor that obviously got overlooked many a times because they checked it. I didn't do nothing to it. It was a carburetor. It come with that motor. Uh, run good. The guys that dynoed it said it runs good. The guys that rebuilt it said it was run good. Well, they all missed it. And it cost Corey a championship, which is wrong. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. And 
you know, Kyle won it, and that was great for that program. Yeah. And uh, and he learned a lot. I mean, I I was on the roof watching all those races. And watching him then, uh, I said, oh, this kid's good. You know, I've told Corey that. I said, you just watch Kyle. <laughs> he yeah. does a good job. I was proud to be there when Corey won his first race there at Bowman Gray that night. And, and what I remember about that night was not only Corey winning it, but and, and but Kyle Larson came up and sat in the stands beside me, and we we shared the same scanner and was listening to the modified guys talking. Cool. That was a decade ago. Yeah, it was. And uh, man, he's won a lot of races. And well, Corey knocked the since. darn nose off the damn thing. Yeah, doing a donut in the infield. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, golly, didn't have a scratch on the car, and he wiped the thing out. I was out. That was a cool memory to be there. We all went. Rushing that was a good time. That, that was a field yeah. filler. Uh, we were all over there. Yeah, it was. They had the trophy. <laughs> yeah, was, that was. A, yes, it was. That was a cool picture. Yeah, the wooden yeah, deal came, yes. came down there with yeah, us. Did. So, man, we had a lot of fun that day. But uh, that was a good group of guys. That, so when do you when do you think you remember uh, maybe meeting me and my brother and all them for the first time at field fillers? Field I do fillers, believe, yeah, probably oh nine ten or something like that. Yeah, my mom wanted me to ask you this. She said, and I, I think I remember this after after her reminded me, but. You know, we used to always go to those parades down there in Charlotte every year. She used to take yeah, us to that. Yeah, 600 parades? Uh-huh. 600 parade. And I was I kid, enjoyed those. I was a kid on the sidewalk, and I hollered at you. I said, hey, Randy, you got a Kleenex? It was about the time you were sponsored by Kleenex. Yep, yep. And she said, ask him if he remembers that. So I don't know if you did. Did I throw one to you? I don't remember. But go you, ahead. you hollered at me or something. They were good. Usually I had Corey with me or Casey yeah. or both of them with the wife. Yeah. But I don't was, Like, I don't really, I wasn't around y'all at that time, but that was probably 01, 02, somewhere around in there. But and you were what, six? I was probably eight, nine, ten years old. Okay. Okay. What do you see? Corey was born in 91. Yeah. Casey was 94. Where are you? In there? 91. 91, so. same as Corey. So, yeah, I would have probably been about 10 years old. But we went to those every year and had a lot of fun waving yeah. all oh, yeah. on. Oh, yeah. We had a good time at uh, Darlington, the throwback with Corey, when he had the Dr. Pepper cart. Well, the, anytime you have stuff to throw and yeah. give, oh, you're, you're a superhero. Yeah. So, Corey had T-shirts, you know, and, of course, he could throw a T-shirt <laughs> half a city block. Yeah. yeah. And uh, So, that was a good time, you know, and I remember the Charlotte ones were always a good time. Well, what I'm saying by that was that had an impact on my life and growing up, and, and you know, here we're sitting today talking about just talking race. Kleenex, I, sh- I should have brought one for you. I, <laughs> I we just run out. I don't know if I need one. <laughs> okay. Well, do you, well, speaking of sponsors back in those times, you still get a uh, you still get a gift card and go eat at Bob Evans for free? I know. I've tried. <laughs> I've yeah. tried. I've made some calls, but the whole upper management, they're like, we don't have no race cars. I was, yeah, you did it one time. <laughs> Well, that's good, uh, and those people aren't here, but uh, they worked great for us. Uh, Corey and Casey, I mean, those guys went through uh, middle school. You know, I'm not sure they bribed the teachers, but the teachers ate well <laughs> at a Bob Evans if they wanted to <laughs> after a good weekend or an or a opening of a Bob Evans. You know, that, that was great. I mean, the, the little things like that, uh, It's it was fun to, to see how, how promotions worked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just I just thought about that. That's that was some good times. But well, let's go back. We're more of like a dirt lake model podcast. Good I know day. everybody knows who you are, Randy. So we don't really need to give you much introduction unless you want to. And no, uh, I'm all good. But you've got you've well. Got- see, what's kind of <laughs> cool now is sometimes when even the SRX deal when I did the SRX deal this summer, first race was Stafford. Well, I'm on the board. They have a big 50 greatest drivers at Stafford. Well. The SRX kids, some of them the kids are working on these cars. They know me as a seat guy. Uh huh. Yeah. They had no clue I was a damn driver. 
Yeah. So when I was on that board, I stopped the van on the way in one day. I said, hey, stop. I was on my golf cart, and the van come in. I said, hey, look at that, look at that board right there. And they're like, holy shit. And it had Jamie Tomano's dad on it and uh, Barry Bodine, Jeff's dad. Or Jeff was in it. So it was cool. We took pictures there. But it, it kind of solidified, like, oh, you're not just a seat guy. You exactly. used to do this stuff. Exactly, yeah. And, and you said that, and a friend of mine came to you to get a seat or something a few months ago, and I, I won't name his name on this show because I don't want oh, to be embarrassed. <laughs> I don't want to be embarrassed, but he went there to your shop, and he came to me and said, man, Randy LaJoy, he's got a nice shop. I thought he just built seats, but hell, he used to race. I said, yeah, he used to race. <laughs> Out back at Field yeah. the Stadium. <laughs> no, he used to do it. He used to do oh, it yeah. legit, man. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, half turned over, upside down, you've experienced it all. And I think that's, you know. Being a crash test dummy. Part of being a crash test dummy, that's why you got into these seats. Well, I, I've, I've helped the industry by being a crash test dummy <clears throat> and, and paying attention to a lot of the small stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if an engineer tells me to look at something, I look at it. You know, I'm not an engineer. Uh, I grew up in a junkyard, which my daddy, he's got 30 patents on stuff. It's amazing. His mind is always working, even to today. He's 84 years old, uh, and he calls Corey, you know, hey, I'm thinking you need to go work on a race car a little more because <laughs> you might be smarter than the guys you got working on it. Uh, you got it. So his wheel's always been spinning, and it got my wheel spinning. Uh, and then when NASCAR in 1994 said, hey, guess what? We don't want you to use in that fiberglass form-fitted seat anymore. They had a full cage around it. And I said, like, okay, how come? And they're like, well, you know, we don't think it's strong enough. I said, well, I think it is, especially with the cage around it. Okay. Well, we don't, we're not letting fiberglass in no more. Okay. So it has to be aluminum. I said, can it be carbon fiber? Nope. We're not having carbon fiber in the seats. I said, Okay. So I, I tried to get this formed seat out of aluminum. Steve Richardson tried. And he said, Randy, it's way too much work. <laughs> he says, and hey, we built one, and it didn't come out well. Uh, a lot of work, and then, okay, I said, okay, we got to go another direction. Uh, met a guy down here. My, my buddy was redoing his uh, 57 Chevrolet. We go over on Sunday, me and Corey go over there. Helped the guy weld his trunk in. His neighbor comes over. He goes, hey, uh, didn't you bring a part over here to Carpenters to get stamped? I said, yeah. He says, what did he say? I said, he didn't want to do it. And it was going to be expensive. And he said, well, he said, I got a buddy of mine that does that in Ohio. So hell, we sent him a seat. He was a race fan. He had the same seat that I had, which my dad bought from Mark Donahue in 1971. Uh, and... Uh, we made the damn thing out of stamped aluminum. And we changed the industry because once we stamped it, we, we, and then I would use it, hell, I hit something and I'd bend the hell out of it. I was like, oh, hell, I need to make this stronger. You know, and okay, I'll put another piece here, another piece here. Oh, hell, I bent it, you know, and I bet a build one for this guy and he bent it. Oh, Jesus, okay. <laughs> so, okay, that, that was all crash test dummy stuff. Okay, now what do we do? Okay, now I got the thing. I said, you know, I'm just going to roll cage like my original fiberglass. See, I'm going to put aluminum tubings like a roll cage around it. Knock on wood. Boy, oh, boy, it took off. See you later. I mean, the strength went out the window, and then my shoulders, I, I put a lot of material in it with that guardrail-looking stuff. It's sexy looking. It's round. Uh, and it is the best seat on the market for aluminum. And now... Uh, with that SRX car, that, that's worked out really well. I, I'm going to come out with a new series of seats, the SRX series.
because uh, it has cup technology and it's my short track seat. And it, it got a kind of a hybrid. We're going to have a certified. And guys, here it is. You got a nice option to put this thing in the car. The belts are all going to be included in it. I'm working on a ratchet strap for the dirt late model guys on the left side because they all want to use a little ratchet strap to keep their butts in. And uh, so it's going to be a dirt-friendly seat uh, mounted correctly. And guys, you know, it's always going to be dangerous, but I think we're going to take some of the driver issues out of questions with better seats. Yeah, I've seen those SRX seats. They look really nice in those cars. Yeah. You, you, so you you uh, had a fiberglass seat. And that's Correct. Whatever we started in. And when you wrecked in that car in 84 at Daytona and went flipping it, they they looked at it and they pretty much told you, yeah, you can, you can keep Longer, it. Yeah, yeah. Said, Long, yeah. Well, I had to sign a release to use it. <clears throat> yeah. Because they're like, we never seen one like this. It didn't have any padding. You know, it was form-fitted to my body. And like I said, it had a steel cage around it, but, you know, it probably weighed 50 pounds, but I, I didn't care. I mean, I, I didn't care about the weight of it. I just cared about holding myself in because when I had it in some of the first cars I had, the Modifieds, you hit something, you would break it because there's no room for a cage. But once it got into the late models, you start put a little strength around it and put some, put some meat in it. But so I, they said, hey, as long as you're around, you could use that seat. I said, okay. You know, because, I mean, I my, my body didn't, hurt that much but i it, it rung my bell pretty damn hard yeah but so for them for them to kind of outlaw it or whatever in 94 that pretty much puts you where you are today you know yeah you yeah they put me in business yeah, yeah exactly right they, they they've let me pay off a couple of banks so this is good i mean i, I didn't rob the banks because they gave me a bunch of money and now i gotta pay it back <laughs> so yeah so so they put me in business in 94 <laughs> but i think what you know sunday's a really good when I watch a customer do good, or I get a text from a mom or a dad, which say, "Hey, my kid, you know, flipped all the way down the backstretch. He's okay. Thanks." You know that, that to me is almost like going to victory lane, because hell, I ain't got a chance to do that in a while. Mm -hmm. But when you do something good, or you know, somebody has a bad wreck, I'll call them. I don't care what seat they're in. I'll call them and say, "What happened?" How did it happen? Let's recreate it and let's make it not happen again. Because if it happened to you, it can happen to the next guy. And I've always said there should be no secrets in racing also. And, and there's no secrets in safety. I mean, racing, everybody never tells you the truth. <laughs> I mean, hey, what spring you run? Oh, yeah, it's a 300 over there with half a packer. Yeah, okay. And they tell you it's a quarter inch different. So, I mean, they all lie to you. But safety-wise, no. No, 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 no secrets in this. Oh, it's an open book. If I learn something, I'm telling you. It's it's amazing. You it's it's probably a, it's definitely probably an untold number, but there's no telling how many lives you've saved. And uh, yeah, I mean, ain't no different than and, Bill Simpson. I mean, yeah. guys that guys that had a passion. I mean, if I had an issue, Bill Simpson was my first call. I mean, I I really enjoyed that man. I, when I was in Iraq, uh, we did a boys and girls club up in Michigan, uh, and he was a guest speaker. And I heard his life story, uh, why he got into it. And he was nuts. <laughs> I mean, he was just slap-ass crazy. I mean, how he invented the parachute. Ever hear that story? Uh-uh. Uh, okay, I'm, he did a lot of Army surplus stuff. Let's take a quick break, and then okay. we'll come back and we'll yeah. tell that story. <laughs> We're, you're listening to the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media, and we'll be right back with Randy LaJoy. 
Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. Big name drivers, big car counts, and one of the biggest weeks of racing, the 50th annual Dirt Car Nationals at the ultra-fast Volusia Speedway Park Half Mile. Tune in on MAV-TV Thursday, August 5th. Check your local listings for channel and time. Well, Randy, just before that break there, we were talking about Bill Simpson, and I definitely want to uh, want to hear that story you had on your mind before we uh, change the topic. <clears throat> okay, well, he, he, had a, he always went to the Army Surplus Store and got a lot of his ideas and, and padding and fire suit stuff. Well, he's there, he's seen the parachute. He's like, well, he drops stuff out of the sky, holds it up. Okay, I'm going to try this. He had an old Chevrolet, he's at 67 Chevy, or 57 Chevy station wagon. Big hill out in the, wherever he lived in California. Come down as his buddy's driving it. Got the thing tied inside the back window to the floor of the car. Go as fast as you can down this hill. He's going as fast as you can. The car's shaking. Throw it out. Throw out the parachute. That thing picked the car up, front bumpers down, and swung it off the off the highway into a cornfield and put it down. <laughs> he said when the cops got there, they're like, "What happened?" He said, "We don't know. They, we just got dropped out. <laughs> we don't know where we are." <laughs> and then, and then so from there on, he's like, "Wow, that worked." Yeah. Okay, let's put it on the back of because a lot of his friends were dying because they ran out of brakes. They go like a son bitch down, down the quarter mile, and they're like, oh, we got to stop. <laughs> oh, oh, look out. Yeah, a lot of guys got de- dead, and <laughs> Bill didn't like that. So, okay, we got we to gotta help that. Yeah, so he was he was like the innovator. Of oh, safety. absolutely. So you have, that has to be one of your heroes. for. Oh, well, then when he lit want. himself on fire at Indy. Yeah. Okay, nobody had fire suits. And then Bill was a wannabe driver. I mean, he, I don't think he was ever that good, but, okay, at least he did it. Well, to say, okay, my, my stuff is good. I'm going to set myself on fire. That's awesome. I mean, how many people trap in their seat and hit a wall at 200? I do. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Crash test dummy. You know, we got a new name now. It can't be crash test dummy for Corey, you know, because it's not politically correct. So he's a data acquisition technologist. <laughs> <laughs> that's classic. Yeah. So I mean, that's just that new stuff you have to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Simpson was good for the sport. He saved a lot of lives. Saved you know. a lot of lives. And like I, like I said, you have too. You've built a, um, your company's built a lot of seats over the years. And I mean, I you do like 7,500. You do it all right there in house too, don't you? Yeah. Well, we got the pieces out of Ohio, Dayton, Ohio. They, that, so that same company that yep, you started still, with is still stamping. Correct. Them. Well, they get the parts out of Indy. The, the stamping place. Mm-hmm. There's not many people that. That's a that's a trait in itself. How to stamp parts. Uh, you know, a lot not a lot of stuff. And the automotive industry was there. You had plenty of them. And now there's no more. They don't stamp nothing no more. You know, at least here. Yeah. Uh, so, it's it's. I'm glad I have a guy that, that's in that industry. But you know, there again, I, I'm in business 22 years, and we're not getting any younger. So I'm not sure. He, he's told me he's got about three, four more years left in him. And then his son is there working with him. And I said, well, 
I says, either I'll take all the parts and maybe go over to, because that operation I could get done over here at the Carpenters locally uh, if they want to do it, because that, that's an art form of how you, where they oil. I was there a couple of times and watch how they do that. And, and when they put the aluminum in and you have to oil certain spots so the aluminum flows more. Mm-hmm. And, and makes it round and without tearing. Otherwise, you tear it, you throw it away, and you just cut yourself a bunch of money. So it, it's cool to see. That's an art form, how they shape metal. It makes it very strong, too. So, I mean, that's when, like an eggshell. You know, eggshells are very strong until you crack it. Uh, but that's the reason that seat, it works so well, because it's all tied together. You know, everything's all tied together. To, the, the roundness of it, your left shoulder's hitting your right hip and everything's working together there's no corners there's no sharp bends because once you sharp bend some you, you're not the energy don't go through that so that's why the seat's so much better than the other guys yeah i think your seats are awesome the way they're round and stuff nobody else is doing that and no. I, you're talking about your father having these patents do you have a patent on your on your seat uh, on design? a sizing fixture yeah on my sizing fixture i do I, it was i couldn't get a patent on the seat itself uh, so that's okay <laughs> Well, so so those seats, they uh, man, they're impressive once they're built. You know, and you've got a, a lot really, of work. Yeah, oh, yeah. a lot of work, yeah. and uh, you know, you've got a killer welding department, and your yeah. upholstery department's next to next. I mean, they're at the top of the those list. boys are those they boys great, are good. They yeah, do they a do. Great job, man. And so, how long um, does it take from start to finish on a custom seat? And all your seats are well, custom. Pretty much. Uh, you know, it's crazy. I tell people I've seen them done in start to finish when a customer walked in the door that, that was in a jam. We sized them. I might have had something on the wall that wasn't finished. We finished it. We welded it. And he left that day with the seat. So, and then I seen him take three months. So, <laughs> you know, because you don't get the aluminum and, and your supply chain is messed up. You know, that's something that last year, wow, it, it, it really messes with everybody. It, it took me seven months to get aluminum. Wow. Yeah, and that that's it, it's tough, and then it goes up 40%. Okay, well, 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 what do we do here? You know, gosh, it, it's a, it's an ever never-ending battle of life. You know, I mean, yeah. it, every day is different than the last. Well, when the cost goes up, your call, your price has to uh, go up. It's and crazy, it's... and then you're like, okay, and then you hear complaining and this. Yeah. You know, I, I got competitors out there that a, a human doesn't touch the seat. That makes it a whole lot easier. Well, you know, if the, I'll, I'll say this: they they've still got granite countertops in their haulers and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. <laughs> so if they, yeah. you know, want to complain, which one of the best things is, is I've been working for ten years pushing the dirt track industry. Yeah, to get safer. Yeah, I, I pushed hard. You know, sometimes too hard, but it's never been hard enough. I mean, because twenty eleven NASCAR all three series modifieds had to have 39-1 seats, 2011. And I thought to myself that in five years, there was also a shorter spec. When we made that 39-1, when the industry made that 39-1 NASCAR spec, that was a 100G hit. They, they were seeing that in NASCAR. Okay, so we did a 50G hit. They see that on short tracks. Let, let's do a spec seat for that 50G hit. Okay, that was on the shelf. I figured five years we'll see that. 2021, it's a handful of divisions have it. Here's 10 years later. And the short track guys haven't even got half of what the cup guys have. Come on, guys. Let's go. Your life is no damn different than the guys on Sunday. 
Yeah, I agree. Some of them are catching on. I think the World of Outlaws and Lucas has the BSFI, and Eldora makes you weld a door uh, plate in. You've got to have a seat. Well, you know, why would you build like a that? car without a door plate? I mean, that's another exactly, reason. Yeah. The chassis builders need to help. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to make the cars bigger to put a big – because if, if – okay, you got uh, Kyle Larson. He's a little guy. Okay, you put a lot of stuff around him. You got you to keep him safe. Okay, well, then you go to a Jason Figure. He's a big guy. Well, you got to keep him safe, and you got to put the bigger stuff around him. Well, if they can't get in and out, what the hell good is it? Yeah. Let's let's help these guys. You know, first thing NASCAR did, the very first thing they did was made the cockpit bigger to help the driver. First thing. Hasn't happened yet. Short any, track any America. Late model or just short any, track. any short track yeah. America. That, that should be the first thing. Make that area bigger so the driver doesn't hit anything. And unless things can come hit him. It ain't got to be a foot bigger. I mean, hell, sometimes three, four inches will help a whole lot, you know? Help the guy get out of the car if he had to from another way. You know, that, that's one of the things I've been going pushing hard for 10 years is, guys, it can happen. I hate being that what-if guy, but boy, oh, boy, you know, racing's the, the <clears throat> it's coolest thing dangerous. ever. Oh, always will be. Yeah. And that's what I think half of the mystique is. That's why we're all doing it because, okay, we're all nuts. Uh, <laughs> we all got that glad- gladiator feel. You know, okay, bring it. We're doing this. And we can, but technology is there. Know-how is there that if you ride out one of these crashes and you don't move, you'll probably be in pretty good shape. The more you move, ooh, it's not good. Not good. No, and I've seen some bad crashes in some of these. Uh, uh, a lot of late models are, are getting pretty safe, but you look at some of these bang bangers and stuff. Man, oh, yeah. What do you say to man. those guys whenever you walk through the pits and look a at prayer. You've been all over the country. I, I just bring a preacher with me. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. You it's, know, well, one of the guys, okay, here, Vors, V-O-R-S, Steve Vore, uh, Indiana guy, has his own four-cylinder series. They go to Bristol every year. He brought me up there about five years ago at their banquet and went up there and gave all my videos, gave my safety speech. He said, okay, next year he mandated you have a, have a containment seat. It didn't have to be mine, but you had to have a good seat. You had to have a fuel cell. You had to have a fire extinguisher. That's it. Okay, guys, now you go race. You don't have that stuff. I mean, how bad do you need that guy's $40 at the gate? The, the industry doesn't need I, I push racetracks to go containment only, head and neck only, because we all know it's going to help you. Guys, I mean, it, it's a plus, not a minus. So, okay, put a containment. If, if they don't want to come play, I mean, you could go anywhere from 350 bucks for a bolt-on kit, which could save a life. You know, or, or you go up to, you know, you want a rated seat, they're two grand. You know, and you got plenty in between. But as long as it's containment, hold yourself in. You have to do that, and that we know that, and I don't understand why racetracks won't mandate it. A handful have, mm-hmm. which is great. They, they, they said they lose one or two guys for two months, and then they come back, and they bought a new seat, and they yeah. bought a Hans. I mean, because, guys, if you could, it costs you 100 bucks a night to go to the racetrack. Okay, I mean, but to go and, man, come home to your family, a containment seat, head and neck restraint, you have a better shot than if you didn't have one. Well, it's like, what do you what do you put a value on your life? And of course, Correct. Uh, if if something were to happen, a fatality or something, it's going to be front page news. And it's not. And that does, be yeah, good the industry the doesn't need that. Yeah, no, we right. don't need it. No, so. we don't need that. Yeah, old Dale Hollage told me that one. Uh, I, he was 
looking at a seat. And he's like, wow. At the time, they were 1200 bucks. That's a lot of money. I said, what's your life worth? What's your kid right here worth? And, and I called wow, him yeah. 10, 10 years later. Uh, he got another seat, and I called him back. We're talking. He goes, Randy, you sold me when you told me, look at your kid. And what's your life worth? He says, thanks for saying that. I said, well, you know, that's you, you change perspective when you get gray hair sometimes. Well, people that are going to listen to this are going to hear you say that, too. And I think uh, your phone might be ringing, too. That's you okay. We, we'll, we'll build you a seat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we start them when they're small. You got a 50-pound kid, we'll keep them safe, you know. You've got uh, a, a, how many super late model like touring guys? I know Jonathan Davenport's been with you a long time. Yeah, he has. And, uh, we probably got half the field. Names, yeah. I, I would like to get half the field. That's my goal is to get half the field. At least I know half of them are comfortable and safe. Uh, you know, you, you go down, I mean, Brian Shirley, uh, okay, Clanton. Okay, just give the rundown of uh, Falls. Where were we? Clanton, I think uh, um, well, Davenport. Larson won. I believe he's yeah. got a butler seat. Yeah. Um, Pierce was second. He's in like a Richardson, Richardson. or something. Yeah, yeah, they grew up together. Yeah. yeah. So third was third was uh, uh, Bab. I don't know what. Shannon used to be a customer. Yeah. He says, Randy, your your seats are the most comfortable ever, and and he runs a, a POS. <laughs> Why do you do that? Yeah. You know, it's not even certified. Why? Why would you do that? He know. knows better. I don't know. Okay. I've noticed that uh, Josh Richards has been running a uh, like a carbon seat. Or, Fiberworks has a nice yeah, carbon Fiberworks seat. Fiberworks and. Uh, also, Brandon Shepard, I believe, yes. has got one. Yes, so. that's a nice seat. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. But then again, that's a thirty-five hundred dollars seat. Exactly, four thousand dollars seat at the at the same minimum. weight as of the my certified aluminum seat. Right. So yes, I, I Fiberworks does a good job. There's there's fake carbon seats out there that are junk. If they're not certified, they're junk. I mean, if you want a 14-pound carbon seat, I mean, I could build you a 14-pound aluminum seat. Not a problem. Half of the chili bowl, but I'm not quite sure you want to run it in a door. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> Amen, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, okay, that, that, let's. we know better. You know, with sprint cars, super late models, midgets, these things need good seats. They don't need stuff that's going to break. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's tough. Exactly, yeah. It's got to be good. It's got to yep. be a good seat. Um Wayne brought up a message here on my on my on my scoreboard here. He said that we ought to bring up the Ryan Newman crash, and he's he's probably right. You know, all eyes and all the motorsports saw wow. the crash. Yeah, he did. That was huge, and uh, miraculously he walked away from that. Well, there was two guys in that, and, and Corey's yeah. son too. Of wow. course. Um, yeah, I mean that could have been. It was serious. It was a bad it, deal. And they learned something from the wreck before with Newman, and they added a bar, which helped with Corey's. You know, when he punted him. Yeah. Because the front windshield uh, it came back six inches. The bar did. I mean, it was amazing to see the in-car video they had. And uh, you watch his chin to the window net. The window nets are one-inch squares. And I said, okay, well, he moved about two inches. And they said, check again. Well, he's about seven inches. Because your body goes wraps around with 60% fluid. So the belts are, are going to just hold, we're containing jello. So when he hit, his whole body jelloed forward, and the head and neck caught his head, kept his head level, but against the, his whole body went seven inches forward, chest and everything. So people don't realize, you know, we're 60% fluid. And there's some guys, you know, everybody, whether you're 140 pounds or you're 300, you know, some guys have more jello than others. So you have to contain that. We're just 
shaking that less, especially, you know, with your head. We don't want to scramble the eggs too hard because they don't hard to stiffen them things back up. That's right. Well, you know, um, yeah, so a lot of people saw that, and you're one of the guys that NASCAR calls on to come inspect that kind of stuff, right? Are you still? I might have made a call to them. You made a call. Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I still am allowed to listen and talk. I mean, when we coming up with our new seat design, hell, I was there once a month using their test facility. You know, using their machine shop to mount the seats onto the test rigs. I mean, it's amazing what they can do there at that shop. It's simply, you know, I've been out to the SFI labs in California, and what NASCAR can do here just blows away SFI. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's that has they have done a wonderful job on their safety side, and which is trickling down. You know, which I felt I knew what they were teaching me. Well, okay, what's the matter with Jonathan Davenport? What's the matter with, you know, these guys out here, Brandon Shepard? What's what's the matter with guys out in, you know, Shaw out in Phoenix? And, you know, guys, all they're the same. They, they, they love racing. Well, they don't know this information. So that's why when I started that Safer Racer program, I said, guys, I just want to give the information out. I just yeah. want, to, I want to teach you guys. This, you know, this stuff here, this is here. Watch the video. I don't have to say nothing. Here's a video. So, I mean, because sometimes I, I had to change my approach, my uh, presentation, <laughs> I guess has gotten different because when I looked at Kai's cars and they just, they don't know what they don't know. And I said, okay, instead of calling them a dumbass and say, you're not safe and you're going to die, you know, they have no clue why, you know, and they would get mad at me. You know, why are you getting mad at me? I'm just trying to help you. Well, maybe my, now I, I, I say, you know, you probably could be a little bit safer. So I don't really torque them up right at the beginning. <laughs> uh, so it, it's, it's amazing what you see when I've gone to all these racetracks. I mean, we're racing K&N with Corey Langley. Oh, no, no. What's down there? Peach uh, down 85. Gresham. Uh, Gresham. Yeah. Okay, we're racing there. I go walking around the pits looking at everybody's stuff. Guy in a pickup truck has a... Seatbelt. That's pop riveted to the floorboard. Oh, my. And I was like, what are you doing here? What do you got? And this is halfway through the season. I was like, what's, what's up with that seatbelt? What's the matter? I said, okay. I said, you got a drill? No. Nope. I said, okay. So I went back to our toolbox, got a drill, got, got a bolt, brought the wrenches. I said, here. I said, watch out. He goes, what are you going to do? I said, we're going to put a bolt in that. He said, really? I said, yeah. He, he said, why? I said, it's a pop rivet. It's your <laughs> ass. You're holding it in the car. Right. And what's the racer say? He said, well, it's a steel pop rivet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, watch out. I'm drilling it out. We're putting a bolt in it. <laughs> exactly. So, Randy, you've not only you've literally saved lives. Uh. That right there could have been detrimental for that guy. Well, Randy, we're going to take just a quick break. Come back on the other side, and we're going to have a little bit more fun. We've uh, we've covered the safety aspect. Of cool. This, and we'll uh, we'll just have some fun and BS a little bit. How about that? Bring it. All right. We'll be right back on the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. I'd like to give a big shout out to R1 Facility Services for uh, for helping us out on this deal. And of course, Andy's towing. We hadn't had anybody on the Andy's towing hotline in two weeks. Now we've got him in the studio. So last week I forgot to mention it. So Andy, we we apologize about that. But uh, 
Yeah, we're sitting here with Randy LaJoy in the studio, and and Randy, I don't even know where we were before that, but let's just change the subject. Right. And, uh, we took a break, and and uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, you've been to a lot of dirt tracks all over the country. Uh, what are some of the hidden gems, and maybe what's some of your like your top five? Top five. You know, you, you Weed Sport New York is a I've seen a turnaround there. Was there 15 years ago? Went back two years ago. What a turnaround! I-80 Speedway, Kaziski family. Wonderful, wonderful people, wonderful show, wonderful track. Uh, they did something out there. I was, I was with the family at, at the Silver Dollar a couple years ago. <laughs> I worked the pits, went up to watch the races, sitting with the family, red flag, and wanted to be mains. They, the announcer comes out. I said, driver's okay. People ran out of the grandstand. I said, what are they doing here? He goes, look over your shoulder. Well, off to the left was their daughter in the beer tent selling buckets of beer at half price. Red flag. Oh. Half price beer bucket, red flag. Every dirt track in the country should do that. If the driver's okay, they give beer, they put them in line. If they run out of the grandstand. So I-80's right up there. They're wow. good people. I never have heard that. Oh, yeah. So let me butt in right there. I've met Kaziski through yep. your uh, tent uh, that you always have at Charlotte yep. at the dirt track at the end of the year. Wonderful they people. They all come down. And man, they're just salt of the earth. Yeah, they? they are. Yeah, they are. Uh, so then you go. So there's two. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's, a, that's a wonderful facility. I went north of there. went to a couple of tracks on that dirt night tour. Uh, IMCA, you got the Boone Super Nationals. That has been, I was there 12 years. And from the first time to the last time, it was huge. That became your bread and butter there for a while, didn't it? Well, because there was a lot of lot people of that needed help and a lot of cars. You know, I, I helped the industry. Uh, Steve Kirky told me at a, a trade show, he goes, Randy, you're my best sales guy. I said, how do you figure that, Steve? He goes, we see a spike in our sales in certain regions with the dealer, and we look, and you were there. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, what do I get for that? He was nothing. No. <laughs> so at least they bought a seat. Yeah. You know, so, okay, I wish they would have bought mine. But so, I, you know, it, it's good to see that, okay, guys are listening. Uh, and IFCA, they're just a little bit different people. You know, I, I tried helping, and I think I did. And they are a lot more takers and givers. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> so I stopped going to the Nationals. Uh and, you know, it's hard to, you know, go to bed at 3 in the morning. And you have to change your clock. One thing I've learned about dirt racing, doing Ray Cook's tours, you know, or the Summer Nationals, is you have dirt racing, you change your clock. Because you go to bed between midnight and 3, and you need to wake up between 10 and 2. Because if you don't, if you go to bed, you're going to go to bed between midnight and 3 every night. And if the first couple, when you normally get up at 7 in the morning, after about three days, you're dragging. And you're like, what the hell's going on here? Um, so you have to change that your... Like PRI. Well, that's that's. <laughs> I've done that both sides, too. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that, taking a shower and go to the show. Yeah. yeah and, and, whoo, that makes it a long day. <laughs> but that, that could be anywhere. You uh, know, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Eldora and Knoxville are, are, are wonderful places uh, with great events. Uh Volusia, that's a nice little racetrack. They, uh, there's a, I haven't been to, I've been to a couple dumps, you know, mm -hmm. but that's okay. 
you know, silver dump. Uh, it could be an asphalt dump. But uh, <laughs> it's okay. That's good. I didn't get treated very nicely. I think one out, out of 150 times, 170 times, you know, it was, it was a struggle. And I didn't understand why. I'm just trying to help. Uh, and I said, okay, good. I'll, I'll, I'll load my stuff and I'll go home. See you later. And, you know, but out of that one bad trip, I, I met Smiley's performance. That, Smiley's a great man out of Texas. Great guy. Sprint car guy. He has Smiley driving schools. Uh, just a neat, neat racing fixture. I talk to the guy probably once a month just to listen to him talk. I mean, <laughs> and to get the latest and the greatest. He's a smart guy. You know, he's a business guy. And, okay, I, I gave him a ride out there, and he's like, these are your seats. Oh, yeah, I should probably sell some. Okay, great. And he has. You know, a lot of guys tell you that, and they don't. But Smoke Smiley has. You know, I just shipped out another order, and I got a bunch of orders from Mark Richards recently which I was never a rocket guy. You know, I, it's hard to get in there. Yeah. Uh, so now he, he's offering my seats up there too. I heard him recently on another podcast say he's got like a million dollars in inventory. He's really becoming pretty much like a performance warehouse up there for, for his customers. Well, yeah, yeah. If they're, they don't, you shouldn't, one of the pet peeves, I told the wife, this is Sunday after church, we're up in Kannapolis uh, at the ball field. Uh, what a what a gorgeous stadium, by the way. Yeah. Have you involved? You doing that? You you plug Corey's thing? We're going to. Okay. We're uh, going uh, to. But uh, we come out of church, and there they are, four lines around the whole stadium, to get in. Really? And I was like, why? It's like a racetrack. You should have all hands on deck. You sh- people should not wait to give you money. I agree. So I I I, I just don't understand that. These people want to give me money. And they're in a line? No, no. Come on, come on. Get somebody else over here. Take the next guy. So I should be, I don't know, it's just a pet peeve of mine. And it doesn't matter if it's racing or, or baseball or anything. You know, it's, it's if somebody can give you a nickel, you better get it. Yeah, let them in. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. There's the, like, so that brings up another idea that, or another thing. So I was at Bowman Gray this year for the season opener. And okay. It's always open at six. Well, there were people lined up around the blocks to get in that place because they hadn't raced in a year and a half. Correct. And that. You could have sold a couple more hot dogs. Well, they went ahead, I think about 540. They went ahead and said, we just need to open the gates. They opened yeah, them no, up and everybody right. started going in and it was it went pretty good. They went, when I grew up watching my dad race in Danbury, Connecticut, mm-hmm. ticket. This is probably why I get a pet peeve because that's what we did every Saturday. We'd go up at 3 o'clock for the gates open at 5 o'clock. And you wait in line. And you get your ticket, and then you run to your seat that you had last week and put your stuff down. And everybody did that, 6,000 people. I could never figure that out. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll come about, because the racing didn't start till 7. You know, they're going to run to the seats at 5, and then what do you do? You know, uh, okay. They do that, and I guess they go back out to the parking lot. Hey, go, go feed some more. That's all. Yeah, That's all. Sell them an old hot dog. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that's uh, so. What'd you do at the baseball field? You just went just to watch the game. That no, day? we're just driving by it. Okay, yeah, we're just driving by. by. But Corey's having a kickball tournament Wednesday before the Roval. Okay, he's having a kickball tournament at that. That what a stadium! I mean, that that place is beautiful. Uh, and he's gonna you have to look it up. I'm not sure how you do all that yeah, stuff. Annapolis Cannonball. Yeah, correct. that's it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he got kickball team. Maybe you should get one here. You should get the <laughs> the forward bike kickball. Yeah, team. correct. I don't think I'll be competing. Well, Maybe you, Wayne will. Over y- y'all have boots on. I guarantee. Got the, got the steel toe boots <laughs> on. <laughs> hell, you kicked the hell out of that. Yeah. We still looking for that ball. <laughs> so we talked about some of your favorite dirt tracks. Uh, what? Um, 
you know, as far as NASCAR goes, they're at Watkins Glen this weekend. And one of my favorite stories I've ever heard you tell was the time you were at Knoxville with Tony Stewart. And he oh, went my that goodness. He said Watkins Glen. <laughs> if you've got a moment. Okay. Well, <laughs> Monday night, Iowa. I, I go out to do the whole week at the Knoxville Nationals. Never done it before. Okay, I'm going to go out there. We're going to camp. I'm going to have a display in the show in the pits. Okay, Monday night. Well, they're racing over Oskaloosa. Okay. Go to Oskaloosa. I'm walking the pit area. Tony's up on top of his truck. LaJoy, yeah, come here. I said, I'll be up. Let me work the pits. So I go up after work the pits. Here, gives me a Tupperware full of fruit. What do you got? Pineapple. Okay. Hell, I ate the whole damn thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he had one. You know, I had one. Next day, Tuesday, same thing. Oskaloosa at night. Strawberries. No problem. Okay, so it was buzz fruit. It's like a sangria. You know, I was okay, this is good. Well, Wednesday, Thursday. We, we, Wednesday, Thursday is at Knoxville now, and we run pretty hard again. A couple vials of Frank's fruit. Frank's fruit is Frankie Carter, crew chief's dad. Okay, Friday night, another, another jar of fruit, another, another Tupperware full. Tony's right there. Saturday night, a main time. I go up to the A-Main. Tony flies out Friday morning. I go up to the A-Main. I'm standing in the suite. I was like, oh, boy. Something's gargling in my stomach. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I got a bathroom up here. Yeah, down there. Okay. Oh, the old penguin walk. Okay. Thank God nobody was in it. And, and I was six inches off, and an explosion came out. And I was like, oh, boy. What the hell was that? Well, I had a lot of fruit at the beginning of the week. I was like, oh, maybe there's a moonshine fruit coming out. Okay. We watched the A-Main. I watched the A-Main. I'm driving home Sunday. It's 18 hours. I stopped for fuel, listened to the NASCAR race. And same thing. My stomach starts gurgling. Okay, we need to stop. Okay. Same thing. Clean out. Okay. Well, now we're listening to Tony going down the backstretch. The MRN's like, Tony Stewart's leading, but he's not feeling well. <laughs> and I just start laughing. He said, he ain't feeling well. And I was like, wow, okay. All right, you don't know if he's going to make it. Well, he gets a, he wins the race, comes in, gets out, victory lane. Eddie Jarvis picks him up, hauls, hauls ass to the motorhome, dropped trowel outside the motorhome, went in the motorhome, took a shower, put his practice suit on, come out, jumped on Eddie Jarvis, went to victory lane. Well, he had the same feeling that I did, but he was going down the backstretch about a buck fifty, and filled his fire suit. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't have a truck stop. stop no. Him. Oh, he filled. I laughed. I called him up. I left him a message. He texted me back. It was Frank's fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's fruit. It'll get you. <laughs> Like I mean, it, okay, he just filled up his fire suit. That's it'll, all. It'll sneak up on you. Oh yeah, I think that what do they call that? Shorts or something like that. Yeah, whatever. See, shirts or whatever. Usually, always at the uh, at, at your uh, at your deal you have at Charlotte Dirt Track, which is always a fantastic deal. Your hospitality yep. deal, and we always appreciate you having that and having your customers. And I think I think I just sent a deposit in. You uh, you so you're gonna have it again this oh, year. Oh yeah. So, but you always have some fruit there, and it's. Uh, it's it, it could make you happy. <laughs> Fantastic fart. That's right. Well, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> it'll lead it'll lead you to victory lane. Uh, he was oh, probably oh, driving a little faster there. He was trying to get get done. Uh, well, yeah, he's correct. <laughs> it worked. I've just heard that story. I love, I love it. Uh, I, had, I wanted to get you to tell it. it. Oh, it's it's 
Yeah, I wasn't going down the backstretch. Yeah. Let's see what else we got here. So I don't know. It just just BS. And you tell something else you got in mind. You you want to? It's just just funny. I don't know. Some some racing stuff that we may not know about you. Oh well. I mean, okay, Ray Cook. Ray Cook. Ray Salt Cook. Salt of the earth guy. Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. Now I did some stuff for Speed back in the day. Uh, we were at Batesville. The topless race. Topless 100. I'm working for speed. 130 degrees out. <laughs> long sleeve black shirt, long sleeve jeans, black, and it's hot. Okay. I had to do top 10 qualifiers from the night before. No problem. Let's go. So go out and sweat for an hour and a half. So I happened to be by Ray Cook's trailer. Go in. I said, we're done. He said, we're done. Okay, I go in Ray Cook's trailer. He's in there cutting a the tire. So I proceed to stand by his air conditioner and, and cool off and open my shirt up. And while I'm doing that, I am having some choice words for being hot. So Ray says, Randy, he says, can I ask you something? I said, yeah. He says, uh, I watch you on TV and you, and you do a nice job. He goes, and, and, but then I see you around the pits and you do cuss a lot. How, how do you not do that on TV? And I, I look at him, I said, Ray, I, maybe I just flip a switch. He goes, can you flip the switch when you come in my trailer? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, sir. <laughs> Ray's a very religious person. Oh, absolutely. As, which, which as, I, as I don't mind are, that. No, we, yeah, correct. But I, too, yeah. I grew up, uh, my grandmother used to tell me, I told me I had a junkyard mouth. Because <laughs> I, my dad had a junkyard. Mm -hmm. Our family had a junkyard. And, boy, you see all kinds of people in a junkyard, and you hear and learn all kinds of different things. Uh, now that I have gray hair, I'm not sure I wanted to learn some of that stuff that way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, I'll probably teach the grandkids something a little different than, yeah. than, than some of the things I, I seen growing up in the junkyard, which has cost me to cuss every now and again. So I try to get the switch on. I try Ray Cook just finished up his tour, you know, at the Southern yes. Nationals this summer, and uh, and you've been to you, I don't know if I followed a bunch of his. Have you been to any races this year? We haven't really talked much well, about uh, your tour. Daytona five hundred. <laughs> uh, where did I load the golf cart up? I went to the SRX races. Yeah, I did all. Uh, I missed two, but I I did all of the. They, they traveled with my golf cart, so when I got there, I go do all the short track guys. Uh, the other divisions. I haven't been to Gaffney yet. I, I haven't been to any dirt tracks yet, which it's a lot cleaner. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my shower stall likes me a whole lot nicer. <laughs> we got to change that. We got to get well, you I back mean, to some it's, tracks. It's a, it's a different life. Yeah. I mean, the world is different now. It, it's crazy. I mean, I, I would have never thought the company would survive without trade shows. And Jesus, we had a good year mm -hmm. without a trade show. So, I mean, I guess with cameras and internet and all that stuff, I mean, okay, there's nothing wrong with person in person because I think you could do a lot with, in that. Uh, and, and it's important to me to see the size of a guy because, hell, you got twin brothers that are two-inch difference in their torso height. And they're twin brothers. They're Storm, total same height. Like Stormy Scott and Johnny Scott. Correct. They're to total different guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, built both of those guys' seats through mm -hmm. the years. Just like their chassis builds. They change all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> those are characters. I mean, the, the different characters I've met, you know, whether it was doing a, 
a North Dakota modified tour. I mean, I went to Minot, North Dakota. That was cool. Met some cool people up there. Uh, right there, Donnie Schatz is from. What the hell was his name? Olson. Ole Olson. Uh, Towing. Uh, it's kid. He, I think he the fair board up there at Minot. That, that, that's a decent little racetrack. Went to a bunch in North Dakota. Uh, it's been it's been fun, but there've been long rides. At the end of the day, Jesus, damn! And half the time you forget where you are because you don't know if you're sleeping or you're awake. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk. We, we we're kind of out of time, but hell, it's a we we got a few minutes. It's it's just a podcast. But I, you know, went to Fairbury this weekend. Yep. We've been there before, man. Yep. What a blast! That the town is, is cool. It's just it's awesome. Yes, I, I got to give a big shout out to Gunnar Sullivan and Mike but Morris. I got to call Matt Curl. Matt Curl. I got to call Matt. Uh, because I'm sitting at the house watching. <laughs> and, you know, that place where, on, on TV, all the cameras are in the back stretch. Well, the front stretch, the start-finish line is the opposite. So you kind of forget that, you know, from being on TV. I mean, right. Maybe I hit my head too many times. But I'm, I'm going to call Matt and say, okay, you need some kind of visual start-finish line, whether it's across the roof of the covered grandstand or down that scoring stand. But you need some kind of white stripe. So the guys on the other side – know where to go is and stop is you know it's kind of got an odd layout you know that front stretch has got it's like an old horse track. horse yeah correct and so the grandstands are built behind that to that yes. level and the track's built up yeah so really i think their next their next thing that the, that they should do in the next year or two is and and i hate to say it but maybe demolish that old wooden grandstand and build something like they got on the back stretch because it's going to need it that place is growing just well i mean that somebody so, has so to pay for that better oh no, yeah correct yeah. your sight line obviously yeah somebody's got to pay for it yeah but they're getting but ready that's to, a fair board thing it's ain't a it? fair board thing and gunner sullivan just told us this weekend they're getting ready to build a big huge uh they upgraded the racetrack office. They, they did the walls because the last time i was there i was heading to boone and i stopped there for a modified show uh on the way out and I drove around the racetrack, and I put Matt. I said, Matt, come on, jump on a golf cart. And I was that what-if guy, mm-hmm. you know. And, and this might have been when he was running. He might have been running the Outlaw show. Uh, but anyways, I said, Matt, I said, look at this. I was like, I said, you got a grandstand full of people right there. And not a lot holding these cars in. <laughs> He goes, I, the, the fair board says we're doing it next year. They've got some nice catch fence. Yes, that correct. Out. Yeah, and I, that, I was impressed with the place. Yes. My first trip. Okay. And, uh, man, I was just very impressed with the people out there. They're so oh, nice. Oh, They're so friendly. Yeah. It just doesn't get any better than that. It's fun. It's it's a fun, it's, it's a show. After going, I'm ready you know? to go back next year. Maybe well, me and you will go out there if you want I, to. Well, I've been there, done that. Been there, done <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, as I've gotten older, my nights get a whole lot longer on the sleeping end. You've seen it all and <laughs> yeah. you've done it all in Correct. your lifetime. Maybe. <laughs> and I'm proud to have a couple of kids that, that have turned out very, very well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah one of them is, uh, is Corey LaJoy, and, of course, he's got the uh, Stack and Pennies podcast. We want to give a shout-out to them. You know, they're on the... They're also on the NASCAR digital media platform, and man, he does a good show every week. You That's know, what they say. That's good. He plays that game well. I mean, he, he's he does a great obviously job. he didn't get it from me because uh, because I think they they both told me Corey and Casey they said Pop don't do social media because you would do social media jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course Casey, you know too, we got to go to his uh, one year wedding vow. Yeah, to, to redo last a couple yeah. weeks ago and. Yeah. A lot of time, you, both of your sons are, are great people, and of course you got the grandson now, and you just got to just be a happy grandpa. Uh, my Sunday afternoons with, with the being a grandpa is so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I tell he jumps out of Corey's arms and jumped to me. 
Ha! Gotcha. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I said, "Oh, good, he likes me." And I said, "Corey, you used to do this. You know, now you might get a headbutt from him. How you doing?" <laughs> well, man, Randy, it's been a lot of fun having you on here today, and uh, you know. As long as it took me to get you on here, it might not take as long to get you back. Whatever, we'll you another, got my number. A part two deal or hey, something. Hey, whatever. Point. We might have the hotline hooked up. The hotline, yeah, we'll hook the hotline <laughs> up. It's been a lot of fun, though, Randy, for sure, man. And uh, I've appreciated you coming on here. And appreciated well, thanks your, for having me. Appreciated your friendship over the years, well, too. You boys are good. I mean, it, it's fun to see you guys grow up. And that's that's one of the coolest things, you know, being in the seat industry, is you, you might have had a kid that was 100 pounds. When you built him the first seat, now he's he brings his kid in, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, wow, I've been doing this 25 years. Wow, this is, I've seen generations grow up, you know, like now I'm the seat guy. I'm not even the racer guy. It's like <laughs> I said earlier, some of them don't even realize it. No, that, that's okay. Storied career. And we didn't even really touch on much of that today, but like I say, man, we'll get you back on here sometime. I know, uh, I know we've ran a little longer than we usually run on this thing, but uh, it's been well worth it. Awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Kyle. Another episode of the Forward Bike Podcast is in the books for this week. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. We'll see you next week.